if I hear AI one more time, I, I just I can't handle it anymore. Tell me how you really feel about that. <laughs> like, what's going on over there? I mean, there's one thing with buzzwords, but these two buzz letters, AIs, drive me bonkers. <laughs> I I feel like we got to talk about this. Like, I really do feel like we do too. I mean, can we spend like a month on this? Let's go, baby. All of January, nothing but AI. Okay, let's do it. Challenge accepted. Done. Welcome to the VIP podcast. Season three. Let's go. Welcome back to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. I'm here hanging out with my main man, Mike Fusco from Fusco and Orsini in beautiful San Diego, California. What's going on, Mike Fusco? How are you, brother? Hey, what's up, bro? It's always good to be with the mayor, you know what I mean? Right? It's always good to be with you, too. So, uh, beautiful San Diego. Is it beautiful right now? Are you good? Yeah, it's gorgeous, bro. Always. How could you beat 72 and sunny? Uh, All the time? Yeah, you can't. You really can't. Um, So, all right, so, but you've not always been from San Diego. I know you're from the Northeast and whatnot, but tell me a little bit about your origin story. Tell me about... Uh, how you ended up, you know, in the agency and the insurance world. Talk to me about Fusco and Orsini a little bit. Give me a little bit of something here. Ramble on for me for a little bit. So, yeah, man, you know, I'm, I'm from the Northeast. I, I grew up in Jersey. Uh, my parents are both native New Yorkers, uh, raised in New York City. So I spent a lot of time there. Um, yeah, man. I uh, went to college at the University of Maryland. Go Terps. Oop. 4-0, dude. 4-0. I love that. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. 4-0, dude. Um, yeah, moved out here in 2001, man. So I've been here 22 years. It's definitely home now, you know. Uh, I love San Diego, man. I love Southern California. So, talk to me about uh, how, how you came about with Fusco and Orsini. Where'd that come from? So, this came from uh, I was working at another agency, a large independent agency, and you know, met Valerie, Valerie's Orsini. Uh, you, you know, Dan, Dan Morton. We all work together. And just, you know, decided to go out and do our own thing, man, in 2010. So we're coming up. Actually, we just passed 13 years, which is insane. Can't believe how quick it goes. But we just passed 13 years, going into year number 14, and just, you know, continuing to uh, kind of do our thing here, man. Trying to trying to get better, you know? So what is, okay, when you talk about your thing, what is your thing? What sets Fusco and Orsini apart from other agencies uh, in, in California, in your state, in your area, down the street from you? What sets you apart? What's your thing? We're trying. That's a great question. So we've really worked hard on the brand uh, and we're really trying hard. And we I think we're succeeding in getting away from just being known as an insurance agency. Uh, first of all, we don't do much in personal lines. We do mostly all business insurance. Uh, I'm, as I'm sure you know, similar to personal lines, you know, small business has started to become a commodity. In, in the insurance world. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that more, but very transactional, uh, very volume based. And we really don't want to be that. Um, so we're trying to get more into like an advisory type of opportunities where we, we uncover things on the risk management side, on the compliance side of things where we can really advise and consult businesses, um, not just with insurance, but with, you know, other ways for them to, to help scale and help grow their business. <clears throat> so it's, it's, 
it's 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 a challenge, man. But it's been it's it's worked out really well for us so far. Uh, we actually recently started a second company, a complementary brand to the agency, uh, where we you know bring those services to the table. Uh, we actually sell those services, so we're doing a lot more than just quote unquote insurance. You know, yeah, the so- transactional side of it. As you talk about the risk management and some of the other things that you're doing and giving the advice and the consulting side of it, uh, what are you, you, how are you coming to that? Is this more of an educational thing or is it something that you're doing with technology or is it something that you're doing just being involved in the community and being involved in these different niches? Like, how are you going about doing some of those things? It's a great question, man. I mean, some of it is like we can deliver those services internally, but we also bring in partners, you know, just like, you know, just like, you know, from the insurance side, right? You're a middleman. Mm-hmm. You know, we middleman those products too. So we bring risk consultants, loss consultants, uh, loss prevention people, you know, safety training. Uh, this is in the risk management side of things. Um, but, you know, we, we kind of, we deliver those those services, those products at scale for the customer, just like you would an insurance policy or an insurance program, right? So just looking at that from the big picture is like, we're kind of, same type of thing just different services and products not all are insurance related you know okay so you're trying to be you know a lot more than just the insurance agency you want them to think about you for other things as well of like if they have accounting questions accounting needs or if they've got risk management needs or if they've got these needs or those needs that you want them to come to fusco and arsini for those types of things as well yep so no, I love that because I used to do the same thing, you know, as a producer, one of my favorite things was, you know, I would love for people to come to me even for like, I need a good tow truck guy or I need someone to help me fix my car. I need a good mechanic. You know, where's a good grocery store? I wanted them to come to me for everything so that, you know, when it came to insurance needs, they knew where to come to or they could send people my way and then I could get the insurance conversation going from there. And so right. it sounds like that's a lot of what you're doing there. And so your team, as again, um, I've met your team, but the people on this podcast have not. And so tell me a little bit about your team. I know you've got different segments and you've got different teams and whatnot. Tell me a little bit about that and what that looks like right now. So we have, yeah, we have, and you know them well, but we have, we kind of break up into smaller teams within the agency. So what we try to, what we try to do is create, as we've grown, we've tried to keep it small for the client. Uh Uh-huh. You know, because we want the client to get that personal touch that we always had, you know, that you, you get the benefit of that when you're a smaller agency. As you start to get larger, how do you keep that, right? Yeah. That's what got us to where we are, really, is our clients. So we want to make sure we keep the personal touch. We have, you know, a producer that works with an account exec or an account manager and a CSR. Uh, and we break down into smaller teams. So everybody has their responsible book of business. We centralize operations. We centralize uh, accounting. Um, and of course we have a, you know, someone answering the phones, uh, but everything else is done at the team level servicing their particular book of business. Yeah. Uh, and it seems yeah. like, you know, it's almost like for me to say it, if I'm wrong in this, the way it feels like to me is like six or seven different agencies within one. That's really what it is, man. It's at the end of the day where, but, but then we kind of centralize like, like I said, ops, you know, the accounting is all done from one place. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's almost like little mini agencies within one agency. 
Yeah, that's super attractive for someone to come into that, I would imagine. And it'd probably be easier to recruit from that standpoint. Yeah, I think so, man. And I think it's we've created the structure for people to come into it where, you know, we have all the processes, workflows, automations, uh, proposals, templates, marketing, branding, all that stuff is already structured. But it kind of helps the people on the in each individual group or team do their job you know, more effectively, more efficiently, more productively sure. to, okay. you know, again, to scale easier. Right. So that you're not doing all the monotony stuff. Well, so. I know that's a big thing for you and you've brought it up here and I know this from you as productivity and efficiency is a big thing of yours. And one of the things I would be real honest, and I'm going to use this podcast for the whole world. listening. forgive me now. I don't know the first doggone thing about robot process automation. That's one of the things I've heard you talk about and I've heard you, you know, bring up in ways to help your agency be efficient. And immediately there's people listening right now like, oh, crap, robots, that's scary. Or I don't know what to do with that or whatever. But listen up because what, you know, what I've heard Mike talk about, he brings it in a way that makes sense and it's understandable. But talk, first of all, what is RPA? And let's at least start off there at high level and, you know, break that down a little bit, what RPA is. So, Matt, it's, it's pretty simple. All it is is... What's it stand for first? It stands for robotic process automation. Okay. And so I break it down it, simply. I call it repetitive process automation. I okay. think that explains it rhetoric. Because all it does is it it those bots that are developed to perform the same exact tasks in the same exact way, sequence, process each and every time. So if you were to like you know, if you were to have a computer up in your office and there was an RPA or there was a bot programmed on that computer to work, let's say in AMS 360, okay. you know, you could actually see it go log into the system, go here, step one, type this out, step two, step three, step four, step five, and finish the process and then go back to step one. So that's all it is, man. All it is is a bot. It's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a system, a product, that is developed to, to perform the same tasks over and over and over again. So you can literally sit at your computer. Again, I'm a dummy when it comes to this, so I'm going to speak for, you know, some of those that may not know. But um, so you could see, like, the mouse moving around on your screen and see them yep. doing these things. Yeah. And so how do you go about setting that up? I mean, is there a system that does that? Are you program that yourself? Or what is that? Like, is that something that anybody can do? What does that look like? Yeah, people, I mean, you can learn to do it. It's, it's all it is, is developing coding, but I have, a, I have developers that do it for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I, I do know people that have taught it themselves how to do it. I who has the time for that? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a whole nother job. I mean, to, to build these things, but um, yeah, man. I mean, it's, that's really all it is. I mean, it's, it's nothing too complicated. I mean, I know, like you said, you know, when you start to use the term robotics and robots, people think, whoa, dude, this is crazy. Like, but that's, it's, it's really not complex. All it is is that you're teaching it to perform the same processes over and over again. Okay. Give me, give me an yeah. example, a good, easy example that someone could wrap their head around that every commercial insurance agency does that you could provide advice for or step-by-step step on how to set that up for something like that. Okay. So I would hope every commercial agency onboards their clients. Okay. 
welcome to the, to the agency, right? So what does that look like? Well, we assign that all to our bots. So, <clears throat> you know, our sales team finishes their process. They upload documents to our AMS. They assign a task to the bot. The bot then takes that process, creates a VOC, assigns CSR or assigns client portal credentials, um, you know, creates a username and password, uh, opens up, you know, basically goes in, signs it, closes that out, uh, opens up an Outlook email, you know, just like you or I would, you know, types out the person's name, attaches the VOC, attaches our client perks, delivers the email, writes in the username and password for this for the portal, signs off as a CSR and sends out the onboarding email. Yeah. My mind's blown right now hearing this and I you know, and I, I feel like I work for a tech company and this is like blowing my mind right now, but you could have this program to do this every single time someone comes into your agency and your staff is not spending any time doing that. How much time does you think that saves per client? So I, that particular bot I think it saves us about 2,000 hours a year, uh, which is, that's a whole person. That's incredible. Just by automating that one process. And, and they, so these bots that you've set up with your, you know, the people that come in to create those and do all of that, they can get inside and out, you know, of your AMS, your CRM, and all these different tools that you've got seamlessly. Yeah. That's crazy. They're, yeah. They're a user in our CRM. They're a user in our AMS. They have their own email account. Wow. And, and okay, so I'm going to be real honest. Uh, when I think about bots, and I think a lot of people do too. I don't know if you saw this or not on Twitter. I think you did maybe. You may have sent it to me. The the robots are walking around the Ravens game a couple months ago or weeks ago. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was at the Chargers game, right? Chargers game. Maybe that's what it was. And maybe you sent me the video, but I was seeing these like robots walking around, looking around. You could see them. Obviously, you could tell they're robots, but that's what I think of, and I start thinking this is weird. But what you're talking about is nothing like that. So um, it's just you're no. Just... These these are bots that are programmed to to reside on a machine, right? Whether it's locally in a workstation or even hosted in a cloud, where they are deployed onto a workstation. And and their whole, I mean, they're not all they do is work within systems. Okay, so we've talked about an onboarding bot. What about like for a commercial agent that's got certificates? So it, there there are use cases where they can issue certificates. It's no problem. Okay. Uh, we don't do it because we haven't quite got to a point where we're comfortable with that because of the level of certificates that we issue. We do a lot of construction stuff. Well, a lot yeah. of them are done differently. They want Some people want specific names on there and specific address and all this, that kind of stuff. So I get that. Okay, what's another use case you can give me then? Let's put this down on the bottom shelf for my listeners here. What, what's something else you can use it for? So think about, um, you know, moving data between different systems. You okay. know, that's, that's uh, you know, that's a, a, a struggle that I think a lot of agencies have because it, it creates more time, you know, double keystrokes. You know, you have people wasting their time putting things the exact same way yeah. in two different places, right? Well, how about if you create a bot to pick it up in one place and add it to another? Right. So that's that's easy, easy. Yeah, it's just low hanging fruit, as I call it, right? Sure. 
So um, I know you don't do personalized. So like it could go, a bot could take it from your AMS through your, using Vertifor programs from AMS 360, go through PO rating and then put it in your CRM afterwards. And the bot could do all of that is what you're telling me. Oh, easily. Wow. Easily. Uh, uh, you know, data verification or data consistency, right? Think of it that way. So where it's the same thing, as clean, as neat, as consistent in all your different systems. It can do that. It can do, uh, it can up, like <clears throat> we have it, it's, it's, it hasn't launched quite yet. It's about a couple of days away, but uh, we'll have a bot that will take our non-pay cancellations and upload them into a into a campaign where our clients are being uh, texted and emailed about their cancellation notices. Um, so now again, you know, seven to eight minutes each time, I don't have to have a CSR doing it, right? Uh, we can have our CSRs doing more high level stuff. So just when you think about what types of things are you doing every day in your agency that are creating uh, inefficiencies, wasting time, because we all know we feel like we're wasting time using our staff and our team, or, you know, things that are just monotonous where your staff might not like doing it, you know, where you can take that off their plate so they have more fulfillment in their job, in their role. Uh, you know, think about that. I mean, those are the types of things that we're looking at. And we have four bots, you know, we're, we're going to be building more, but we're, we look at those things where we can say, okay, you know, where can we help our people be better achievers and not have to do the same monotonous, inefficient, time-wasting tasks day in and day out? Um, so, that's yeah, yeah, so people that are listening right now, uh, again, they're, a lot of people are hesitant or scared. They say the comment, you know, they're trying to replace humans with the RPA. You hear? I see you shaking your head already. Hit me. Uh, what's your first response when I say that? It's a great question, dude. And it's, 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 listen, <laughs> your humans are going to be, be replaced if you don't start to implement this type of technology. Okay. And they're going to be replaced because you're not going to have the means to hire people anymore. I mean, I'm not trying to sound like doomsday, but no, if you, if you have your head in the sand now as an agency owner, you better get it out because everywhere we look, we're getting cut. Okay, whether it's insurance companies trying to go direct to consumer, whether it's insurance companies deploying this type of technology, because don't think they don't have it, whether it's your commissions getting cut yep. because insurance companies are less profitable in a hard market, whether it's <laughs> simply just saying we don't want to work with distribution channels anymore. We were going through other distribution channels. I don't care what you know, what the. The, what it is that we're, 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 we're losing, but we're losing. Yeah. Okay. And if you think that in today's environment where the cost to do business is far higher than it's ever been, the cost of labor is far higher than it's ever been. The cost to maintain your customers are far greater than they've ever been. The expectations of your clients are far greater than they've ever been. Okay. And what you're competing against is far more advanced than it ever has been. If you don't think that that's going to affect your agency and your bottom line in the immediate term and also in the long term going forward, even worse, then quite frankly, you have your head up your ass. And I'm not trying to sound like an a-hole, but I'm telling you, no, you have your head up your ass. And if you don't find ways to become more profitable, 
okay, by shrinking your costs of doing business, then you're not going to be able to hire those people that you think you might be replacing anyway. Right. Because you're not going to have the profits to do it. And that's just the, that's just the pure truth, man. And I just, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a realist and I understand, you know, what goes on in the business world and insurance companies don't give a shit about agencies. Okay. I'll tell you that right now. All right. And if you think they do, then look at what they're doing right now to all your clients and all the non-renewals you're getting across your desk every day. So what's more important to you as an agency owner, keeping your client on the books and being happy and making sure that your team has the time to focus your, their attention on that client and making sure you place them in another piece of policy or uploading non-pay cancellations, moving data between systems, and sending out onboarding emails every day. What's more important to you? If you can answer that question, which is the way I know you're going to answer it, then you need to start looking at technology to offload some of the bullshit from your from your team and to allow your team to do more high-level, high-productive, revenue-generating work. Or you are going to lose. Is that pretty simple? Dude, I, I love this. I, and I may get in trouble for this podcast, but I, I love what you just talked about because mm-hmm. – Again, you're, you're, you're keeping it real the way you believe. Like This is your truth. This is what you believe. This is what you've seen your very successful agency go through, and you've adopted this technology. You've done these things. You're the use case. You've done it right then and there and replaced you know some of those remedial tasks and some of those things. I mean, we had a hard time accepting VAs in our business several years ago, and now it's a, no, a normal thing. RPA is just a next iteration of that, which I think will replace the, the VAs eventually. But that's just me. Or again, man, just as I was speaking about with people that work in your agency. I mean, your VA is a part of your culture. They're part 100%, of your team. percent. Yeah. Why not help them become better at what they're doing and become better insurance people than just having them doing monotonous? Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, remedial work, right? Where you can still offload that. Okay, so tell tell the audience right now, listening. How did your team respond, and how do they respond now? When you brought in, hey, love, this. they love it, dude. I mean, listen, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm big on culture, Heath. You've been yeah. in this office. Oh, you know, 100, yeah, hundred times, yeah. Um, I explained to them exactly as I explained it to you. This is why we're doing this, not to replace you, but to enhance you. Correct, and to protect you. Yeah, because we don't lower our costs of doing business. Our bottom line is going to deplete, and I've, I, I improved our bottom line. I, 2022 was the worst year we ever had in net profits. And the reason why it was the worst year we ever had in net profit is not because our top line revenue isn't strong. All right. In fact, our top line revenue grew yeah. you know, 12 to 15% last year. That's not the issue. And I'm telling you all these agency owners too, right now, you're not going to have an issue with your top line because we're getting built in raises today. Right. hundred percent for another year or two, probably. But your bottom line is going to suck if you don't start paying attention to it. And it's, it's it's directly related to the cost of doing business in your labor, your benefits, your tax dollars, your software expenses, your rent. I don't care, whatever it is, your, your, your fixed overhead is going through the roof. Our 2021 had, our 2022, our net profit sucked because we had to recruit a lot more talent and we had to pay everybody a lot more money to ensure that we were gonna have in turnover. Mm-hmm. You know this. You know exactly. I mean, yeah. you know, when the when the big shops come around and start offering people 100, percent yeah, you you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. But I have, I said to myself, 
you know, in the summer of last year, I said, I need to do my next year in this business is going to be focused on the bottom line. That's all I'm looking at. And I need to do whatever I need to do to fix it. And I, we have fixed it. Now we're trending above 20% again to the bottom line, which is where I, I like our net profits to be. You know, you got to find ways to save money. You know, well, I, I'm looking at 6,500 hours a year in savings because of my bots. If you, that's what's that, you know, that's three, three and a half people. Incredible. The average 70,000 yeah. person. I mean, I'm, I'm wow. saving 200 grand a year just because I took labor costs and offset them in technology costs. That's crazy. Yeah. Good for you. Dude. I mean, I'm just telling people straight up. And I told my team the same thing. I said, look at you know, my job, my role in this agency is to ensure that you guys have a future, that you're secure, that I can help you learn, that I can help you grow, that I can help you support your family. That's my, that's my role as a leader in the agency. In order for me to do that, we need to start implementing and building out more technology in areas that it may seem like it's taking your job, but it's not. Right. Because... When you're when the bot takes all these cancellation notices off your desk, I want to use those hours to teach you and train you and put you through CIC courses and help you go through Liberty Mutual School and help you talk to clients and help you understand more about what you're doing and grow in the industry. Yeah, and I I remember being in you know, and again I'm gonna pull back the curtain a little bit, but I was in the agency and we would look at the task and you would see all the different tasks you're talking about right now. And now I know why you did the RPAs because I've seen those tasks that your team had going on, and it was like you know what you did exactly what you just told us. I'm not focused on bottom line. I'm gonna replace some of those tasks that get that off of their plates because they were stressed out every day, you know, because of these tasks. You took those off their plate for them, and now they probably love you even more. And they already would have ran through a brick wall for you beforehand, but now your team loves it. Oh, and I can tell you right now, I mean, I, you know, we don't hear people are not overworked like they were. I mean, you know, we took audits off their plates. We took cancellations off their plates, onboarding off their plates, moving data between CRMs and AMSs off their plates. And so, so yeah, yeah. my question is, what's the next thing I'm going to, what's the next pain point? And I'll ask them, Hey, what's your biggest pain point now? Love it. Okay, let's build a bot to take that off your plate. And so one of the other things that I want you to tell the audience is um, you don't just do commercial PNC. You also have a whole other department as well, correct? For yeah, benefits, employee benefits. For employee benefits. And a good large size benefits department. You use the RPAs for that as well? We have not yet. Okay. However, we are going to develop a bot that moves uh, information in, into ease. Okay. In and out of ease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure they're jealous right now of the PNC department because they've got the bots and they don't. Dude, you know, that that side <laughs> of the business is so much different. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, as you know, I mean, I know that you came, mm-hmm. you know, with your family and stuff. You came from that side of the business. Yeah. So you understand, like, it's a lot more, like, hands-on type stuff. Yeah. Um, but there's still a lot of double entry in that in that industry because you have to use the ben admin platforms right yep but then you also have your agency ams and you also have your crm and your crm so it's like how many different places are we putting the same things right yep can we deploy a bot that does that for us sure we can we can 100 percent do that you know what i mean yep so 
you know, back to the bots and they've taken off their, those tasks. And I, I think for people listening, you know, now, and I'd love for you to talk about it, your team is now able to focus on building their relationship with their clients, right? Man. And that's, that's critical element. Number one, when it comes to building and growing a successful agency it is the relationship with the client critical element. Number one, all this other stuff we talk about, all these hot takes and buttons and Twitters and this and that, you know, that we talk about all this fun shit. It's all important, but number one is the relationship with the client because that's what's, that's what's going to make or break whether that client stays with you or not and remains on the books for the number of years that you need to have a client on the books to become profitable on their account. And it's not one year for those of you that are listening. And it's not even two years. You know, you better do what you can to keep that client four or five years to ensure that that account is a profitable account. Because yeah. if they leave you after two, you just spent money to keep to have them on the books for two years. Yep. You know, spoken, you know, perfectly on that. So one of the things uh, before we wrap up, I did want to get into one of the statements that you made and it kind of threw me for a loop at first. And now I get it, especially talking to you, as much as we do, but even right now, you said, and I quote, I love the hard market. And at first it's like, what? Because you hear the whole world talking about, oh, hard market sucks and da, da, da. But you were like, I love the hard market. Why is, why did you say that? It makes you more valuable to your client. And I think that's where we have a lot of problems in this business <clears throat> is that the, the clients don't value us. And it's because of the fact that the industry as a whole mm -hmm. has consistently spoken and brainwashed people to think that we're a commodity and that all that matters is price. So in a hard market, price goes out the window, right? Yeah. yeah 100%. So where else can you deliver? Okay. Yeah. And in a hard market, our value becomes exemplified as independent agencies because now people really are relying on us for product placement, for coverage, for, you know, market uh, intelligence, whatever you may call it. And, I think the commodity of price becomes not as important anymore. Uh, so that's why I love the hard market. I also love ENS. I mean, I grew up in ENS. That's yeah. where I learned this business. The first five years as an independent agency, I independent uh, agent, I all I wrote was ENS business. And I actually think the way that ENS operates as a as a sub a sub segment of this industry is the way that really all carriers should be able to operate. The problem is that we're over-regulated to the nines um, and carriers can't really operate the way a surplus lines carrier does, which is underwriting based on the risk at hand, right? Um, but that's why I love the hard market, man. Now, does it drive me nuts and give me more gray hair? Oh, heck yeah, dude. You know, heck yeah. Do insurance companies, you know, make me lose sleep? Yes. 100%. But this is where we can shine. You know, and that's what I tell my friends in the business that, you know, I'm stressing because it's like, well, you might have to get a little uncomfortable now if you're very used to transactional product placement all day long. Yeah. You might want to start thinking about ways you can uh, differentiate yourself and understand different segments of the industry and how you can help clients, you know, remain protected. Yeah, but that's why. Yeah, if you've positioned why. yourself for the last 10 years on price alone then you're in a lot of trouble right now. Big trouble. But there's still hope. There's still time for you 
there's still things that you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, start learning. Yeah. Like how that. to become more to your customer than just, you know, writing, writing policies based on the premiums. And, uh, man, I could sit here. You got me fired up. Like, I want to, you know, run through the brick wall right now and go sell some insurance. You got me fired up. I appreciate it. And, you know, just bring in some hot takes and bring in some normal Mike Fusco fire. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And um, would you play hockey this morning or you got a game tonight? You're all fired up today. Oh, uh, we do have a game. I, 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 Man, I'm fired up because, you know. <laughs> I talk. I just. I, I talk to a lot of people yeah. in our business that yeah, uh, that want to want to implement and want to improve, but I have a feeling they don't. And that gets me fired up, dude. Because I'm telling people, you better. Fuck. I'm telling you, man. Like, <laughs> don't wait. Yeah. To do this kind of stuff, because if you don't think, if you know. The people that we're doing business with as partner, if you don't think that they're trying to cut in every area they can, then you're out of your mind and you have to do it too. You have to, you have to do it, but I'm just fired up, man. Cause uh, I have a hockey game on Friday night <laughs> and we're going to, we're going to win. There I you feel. go. And well, I had, yeah, I didn't have, I had practice in the morning. We practiced before school. There you go. High too. There you so, go. Uh, well, I, I appreciate you bringing the fire. I appreciate you hanging out. Guys, if, if you're not connected with Mike Fusco, find him on LinkedIn or, you know, connect with him somehow. And, and uh, I'm sure he would love to talk to you about any of this kind of stuff. But I'll tell you one of the things that Mike, uh, Mike Fuscoism is if he talked to you before and you haven't made changes, don't talk to him again because he doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> he wants you to implement now or, or don't come back to him. And so, uh, man, Mike, I, I appreciate you coming to hang out with us and being a part of the show. And, uh, I mean, you know, I'll talk to you soon, but you know, the audience appreciates it as well. No, he, thanks for having me, brother. It's always fun yeah. work talking thanks. to you, man. You do a great job. So man, thank, thank you. you very much. Well, that was a great episode. Amazing. It was an amazing episode. I really enjoyed that content. Guys, if you enjoyed that content and you want more of it, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Nah, dude. You got to tell them to crush it. Crush that subscribe button, guys. All right. Whether you want to crush it, smash it, hit it. Bop it? Sure. We could bop it. Either way, guys, we don't want you to miss another episode. We enjoy spending time with you, the VIP. Yeah. We'll see you next week.